Take Note, a podcast for women who are looking to turn their dreams into reality. Every week, I will have a different guest to talk about how they turn their passions into paychecks. So whether you're building a business or you just need a spark of inspiration, we've got you covered. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday on wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember, don't just dream, achieve. Subscribe, tune in, and let's unlock your potential together. Welcome back to Girl Take Note. I'm your host, Shawnee Sanders. And in today's episode, we're diving deep into the world of modern dating with Evan Katz. Evan is a leading dating coach who unpacks the essentials of navigating love in the digital era. We talk about redefining what it means to settle and zeroing in on what really counts in a partner, which is what we really want. Now, from mastering online dating to understanding the dance of flirting, we're going to be debunking some of the myths around toxic behaviors to embracing the energies and relationship. Evan offers really a treasure trove of insights. Plus, we'll even touch on how AI could revolutionize the way we find love. So are you ready for a dating deep dive? Let's get into this episode. Hey, Evan, welcome to the Girl Techno Podcast. How are you? I'm grand. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a good conversation because one... When it comes to dating, I don't know about you, but I've seen all the horror stories on TikTok and how women are just talking about how trash dating is right now. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen a lot of them, but they've been, ha- I mean, it's getting such a bad rap and women are afraid to get into the dating pool simply because they believe that there's no good men out there. There's no good options. So I'm glad we're having this conversation because maybe a lot of it starts with them versus who they're seeking. Um. Uh, you open up a pretty big can of worms there. So let's be, let's be cautious. First of all, everybody needs to get validation for their experience, right? If you, your feelings are real, that it's a bit of a shit show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to stand on my soapbox and tell you that you're wrong. I would also ask for a little bit of logic in addition to the emotion. It would be kind of impossible for there to be only good women in the world and no good men. That just, yes, that, that, it can't be true as much as it seems like it's true. And so then we have to kind of walk that back and, and say, well, what, what is contributing to these feelings? Number one, it's our use of dating apps and texting is the primary reason mm-hmm. that we feel this. Uh, everything is commodified. Average guys act like players. Um, you can't really tell anything about someone. So there's no real connection. It's really a shallow medium and we're all getting torn up by the double-edged sword that is online dating, especially 21st century online dating, which is app-based instead of uh, old school with the written profiles and the emails, which gave a little bit more depth to it. So that sort of is is a piece of it. And then there is the reality, which is, let's just say for argument's sake, 90% of men are not husband material in any way, shape, or form. Now that's a big number. Yeah. Yeah. But that means 10% are. And so all you have to do is block out the 90%, pay attention to the 10%, and you could be happy for the rest of your life. And so that makes it no different than anything else on the planet. That's like shopping. You don't go to a store and be like, I want all of Macy's. <laughs> you look around, you're like, nope, 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 nope. And you don't yes. get angry every time you go to Macy's. That's yeah, true. So I'll pause there. I like it. It is fun. I like the analogy. Okay, you know, let's back up. Let's jump into like your background because you're known for 
like the personal trainer for smart, um, successful women, right, in dating. And how did you get into this this line of work? What made you get into becoming a dating coach? When I started, it was 20 years ago, right? I'm the first dating coach. Now there's thousands of people who do what I do, but I'm the OG dating coach um, (laughs) from 2003. And it's a completely made up job and I don't take any credit for it. I was a Hollywood screenwriter who couldn't sell a screenplay. Um, (laughs) I thought my dream was to make 14 year old boys laugh. Uh, I was wrong. And when I turned 30 and I had no money, I was like, I got to figure something else out. And I got a job answering phones at an online dating company, just, you know, putting myself through film school, low paying job. And after a year of it, I realized, oh my God, I got to write a book about this because it was really interesting to see what I observed from the other side of it, being a user of the dating site and consulting people. And so my first book, I can't believe I'm buying this book, came out in 2003. And unlike my whole Hollywood career, the book was actually a success. And I was on the Today Show and in Time Magazine and in USA Today. And the next thing I know, uh, I became the dating guy and I dropped out of film school. About five years into that process of being a dating coach, I was just a generic dating coach focusing on online dating. I realized 80% of my clients were women. I didn't solicit women. Men need help. They don't ask for it. It's part of the problem. So. I went where my clients were, and as time went by, it, be- it became very clear to me that I had a certain demographic, right? High-achieving women who have everything but the guy, and so I doubled down on that and focused on that, and um, you know, and, and now, and now again, you could get off the phone with me, and you're a dating coach. Anybody could be a dating coach. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask that question. I'm glad you mentioned that. I was going to ask you, why do you think it's more women? that are having issues in the dating pool versus men. And then I think you answered it because you said men don't ask for help. Men, men just kind of try to navigate are, well, it on well, their own. This, this is the irony. This is the thing. I'm presuming most of your listeners are women and I don't want to yeah. you know, bite the hand. But if you're a guy and you're single and you're a good guy who wants to fall in love and get married, you have as many horrible dating stories as the women have. They're just mm-hmm. different horrible. I went out on 300 dates. I mean... You don't go on 300 dates if it's wow. easy to find a great partner. And I couldn't say rightfully, there are no good women in all of Los Angeles, even though <laughs> in my early 30s, that was part of the story. So it yeah. couldn't be true. And so I look at, I look at guys and say, hey, this is a human problem. Um, and I think it's unfortunate that men are not more self-aware. I think it's unfortunate that they don't uh, go to therapy or read self-help books. Uh, you know, a couple breaks up. It's a stereotype, but a couple breaks up and the woman's like, oh my God, what did I do wrong to drive him away? And guy's like, she's crazy. Like <laughs> no, no self-awareness whatsoever. Yeah. And we have to make the best of these circumstances and choose more sensitive, more self-aware guys. And they absolutely exist just in a smaller proportion than we want them to this question do you think that do you come across women who seem to have a certain type like a list that they want their man to have their potential Mm -hmm. mate to have and do you see that common in terms like maybe that's the reason why a lot of women can't find the right kind of man they're looking for because they have this preconceived notion of 
what he's supposed to, who he's supposed to be, what he's supposed to look like. Do you come across a lot of women like that? Absolutely. And again, it's a multi-layered answer and I don't want to sound like I'm blaming, right? This is, this is, this is sticky. Men have different lists than women, but women's list is much longer. And the longer the list, the more impossible it is to fulfill. Right. So if a guy goes on a date, he wants two things. Is she cute? And is she nice? (laughs) That's it. That's what I care about. That'll get you about 90% there. (laughs) And with women, and again, I'm not going to get into sociology or biology. I'm not going to overstep my boundaries as a dating coach. Mm -hmm. But virtually every woman I've worked with, he has to be taller, smarter, richer, funnier, saner. Right. I don't want to be the crazy person. Stable. Right. He has to be the stable one to balance me out when I go off the road. Ra- we want our guy to be a superhero. And then we're really disappointed that real life guys are just real life guys. Some of yeah. the same flaws and insecurities that you do, which again, is not to excuse that. So in my signature program, it's called Love You. We try to encourage women to say, we're not throwing out your old list. Your old list is nice. What but your old list only describes what you're attracted to, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no science that says a six foot tall man's going to be a better husband. None. <laughs> you, you'll find it yeah. attractive. That's good. I didn't tell you you have to date a guy ahead shorter than you. So don't think I said that. But we need to focus on how does he treat me? How do I feel? And those components, it's a different list. Character, kindness consistency, communication, commitment, connection, all more important than height, weight, age, education, income, all of it. Because you could find that guy and you have, not you, but you listening have found that guy who checks the boxes and you were miserable and he treated you like crap. So obviously that's the wrong list. Yeah. You know what? I, I began to think that because I hear so many different stories, um, that you begin to think that okay, I think it's it's not just it's not the men they're choosing, it's it's the women. It's your it's how you pick them. And I think you broke it down in a really good way because I have friends too who struggle with this. And I recently did a show with a high performance life coach, and she talked about the relationships of high achievers, which are women who are smart, educated, makes a certain amount of money. Same thing with men. And how it's hard for them to find a relationship simply because, like some of the things you said, that they want someone who is almost very similar to them, who has the same type of career, same type of income, where those things are not the most important things for a relationship. So how do you feel about now that today, in today's society, everybody's being labeled either a high achiever. I hear a lot of people say high value men, high value women. Mm. And you know, before when I was dating, it really wasn't these different titles out, right? Everyone, people who made more more money than the certain group of people, great. But we didn't have so many different titles. Today, I feel like everybody has a title and everybody being grouped in a certain title. How do you feel about these titles today? I think that's a really uh, great observation, Shawnee. And uh, I don't think it's for our benefit because titles, and again, we, we can get into a really dicey conversation about about um, the internet and TikTok and race. Yeah. And we can get into a lot of stuff, but the more labels we throw on ourselves, the more defined we become by those labels, the narrower our field of vision and the less yeah. we could find the humanity and overlap. 
So I'm not going to judge anybody who self-diagnoses as bipolar, right? <laughs> because now she found a community of other people who are also bipolar. Yeah. And I can have all the sympathy in the world. But when that is your full definition, um, it, 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 be, it essentially becomes limiting. I, I'm, again, I share this not in any sort of pride, just because it's, it's useful. I'm a Jewish atheist. So, you know, Jews are 1.7% of America. Atheists yeah. are supposed to be a similar number. So 1.7 times 1.7. If I were to only date Jewish, Jewish atheists, you could see how that might be a problem for me. Yeah. My wife did 16 years of Catholic school. So mm. you don't need to date your clone. You need to yeah. date your complement. And your complement, that leaves the whole world theoretically open to you if you don't limit. And that's the hard part. This is what who I am. This is what I feel I deserve. This is what I'm comfortable with. Everything else is settling. And that's the story we tell ourselves. Everything else is settling. Actually, yes. settling is being, being in a relationship with a guy who doesn't make you feel safe. Settling is being with a guy where you're anxious because you don't know where you stand. Settling is yes. not being able to speak your mind. So we need to redefine what settling means. It's not dating a guy who's 5'9". It's not dating a guy who makes 75000 when you make 90000 That's not settling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think and, and that's what it is, too. It's not, I love that you said we need to find, redefine what settling is because a lot of people think they are settling for less if they date someone who is not on the same level as them or women who are just notice the terminology are the much same higher level shawnee yeah right like you're you're really bright and self-aware you fell into that trap the same level the implication mm -hmm. is that someone is beneath you yes right? and imagine i played that game and I, I i didn't it took me a long time because i the reason i do this you asked and i just figured it out it's because i'm just like the women i coach very yeah. type A, achievement-oriented, looking for the woman who's the corporate lawyer who also is in an indie band. I had some fantasy <laughs> back in my early 30s about what it would look like. And it was someone who was smarter than I was and cooler than I was and hotter than I was. And Yeah. Uh, the thing is, that is not indicative of success. So we yeah. really need to kind of come off of that and recognize, what's your track record of doing that? How is it working for you? And if it's not working for you, well, then you should theoretically be open to all sorts of possibilities. And I don't know if you have any happily married couples. Every happily married couple I know compromised on something pretty big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, so women, when you date, when you coach certain women, do you have to help them unpack? Because we come with a lot of childhood trauma and a lot of daddy issues that dictate how we navigate dating. Is that a part of the process with your program is where you have to really get in there and unpack stuff with them in order for them to have a different perspective on dating? That's a, because I know a lot of our childhood I, I really trauma. I, I want to compliment you. I, want to re I really enjoy your questions. They're unique. <laughs> Seriously. I, I, I do, I do a, a decent amount of these things and I give people a list of options. You, you kind of went your own way and I think it's really great. Um, uh, I have to have enough confidence that what I'm saying is going to make a difference in women's lives. And I have to have enough humility to know that yeah. I'm not the be all end all oracle and guru of, of, of everything uh, psychology related to women. So if mm -hmm. someone has 
childhood trauma or sexual abuse, that is above my pay grade. Um, But usually people who come to me have already dealt with that. They've spent a lot of time dealing with it. They've spent 15 years in therapy dealing with it. They've read every book under the sun dealing with it. So therapy, to put a dividing line, is backwards looking. Who hurts you? Who messed you up? Why do you believe what you believe? It's always Mm -hmm. looking backwards and trying to heal. Coaching is forward looking. Okay, what are we going to do now? You don't want to be alone for the rest of your life? So let's get in action now to make different choices because we can't change your past but we can change the choices you make with men in the future. So I like the fact that I don't have to do their job. They've done the work. And then therapy can only take you so far when it comes to dating and relationship coaching because therapists are not dating coaches. That's a different skill set. Yeah. I really respect people who have done therapy, who give therapy, but this is a specialty and it's a narrow specialty for people who are like, okay, I've done my healing. I've spent a decade crying and processing and doing the work. And I'm still alone. Yeah. You know, and I, and I always wondered that question that why do we look at women who are successful, beautiful, doing very well for themselves, but yet they're still alone. But then you could look on the other side and you can see men who are successful, doing very well for themselves, um, handsome, and they seem to be married, children. But women, yeah, it's always that disparity where we seem to be a lot more single, a lot more us of single for some reason. What do you think that is? It's a lot of things, some of which we t- we touched on. If yeah. you're, and this is the, the best example, I've just been using this example for years. If you're Rupert Murdoch, right? Yeah. You don't need a billionaire to be your fourth wife. You need a blonde 30 years younger. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the qualifications. Okay. So if some guy who runs a hedge fund in New York City wants just a n- nice, easygoing, agreeable, first grade teacher to be a stay-at-home mom while he's out building his empire, that's, that's a pretty good fit. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not that he's intimidated by smart women. That isn't what he needs in his marriage. Most women wouldn't agree to the reverse. Yeah. So that explains a piece of it anyway. Yeah. That's true. And I, cause I, like I said, I have a lot of friends who are, like you said, won't date a man that makes less than them simply because they feel like he should be on the same level. And when I'm at my There you go again with the level. Yeah, there I go with the level because it's the level. It's the word they use a lot. So I just, I interrupted myself. (laughs) Um, If I dated the way you, your friends date. Yeah. Would you say that maybe my wife is not at my level? Yeah. And wouldn't You're that right. be a bit condescending? It would be. Because I'm the breadwinner and she's a stay-at-home mom for our 11 and 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. My wife's not at my level because I chose this path of being yeah. an entrepreneur. And I went to a, a fancier school than she did. Yeah. She's not at my level because of that. You wouldn't say that to her face. No. But you'd <laughs> say that about any guy who is a little less Im- less impressive on paper but she's the best person i know she's bright yeah. she gets the joke she corrects my grammar she explains shakespeare she just didn't go to some east coast fancy college yeah and she's more one of those people who wants to work on a team i always wanted to be the boss so we chose different paths 
But yeah. is she at my level? The word we now use twice. I know. I'd say that's why I married her. She's at my level. She's my complimentary piece. Yeah, I keep using that word because you know it's the word that a lot of people use I, I'm when not they're describing it. people that they're dating. I, but but this is the problem. It all becomes very condescending and judging. Yes. Now that right? you brought so that to is, my awareness, you're right. So this is how we go online. We we swipe on looks and what we mm-hmm. pe- perceive to be class. Right. And if you put those two people on an airplane, right, and you have a a, a one hour delay on the tarmac and a five hour cross country flight. And he leaned over to you and said, what are you reading? And you started talking about books. By the end of the flight, you might have opened up your heart to him and be like, what a great guy. I hope he asked for my number. Yeah. And you wouldn't have chosen that guy online. That's true. So you know what? Then that brings me to the question when it comes to online dating, which can be very, um, I feel like it'd be kind of cold and very impersonal. And in-person dating, because you like, you're right, because when we're able to meet someone in person and kind of get an opportunity to truly talk to them, it does open up to say, hey, you know what? Because I know I dated guys where I felt like, oh, he would have never been my type had I not met him in person. Right. Because you really get to know them. So do you encourage women to, to maybe come offline sometimes and try to meet guys in other ways? And if so, what are, what, what are some of those strategies you give them? Love You is a... Is a- is a massive program because it's designed to produce results. So it's got a 26 yeah. week course, about a half hour of material each week. Week six is on meeting guys in real life. Week five is on flirting. Week seven is about online dating. So we give all these things attention. And what I tell everybody yes. who comes to me for uh, some form of support is if you can get a date a week without online dating, you don't have to date online. No one has ever taken me up on it <laughs> because you can't get a date. You can't get a date a week unless you're like 27 living in New York city, smiling at strangers on the street. You cannot get a date a week and you need some measure of volume to be effective at dating. You can't just go out with three random guys in the year based on, yeah. you know, that's not a strategy. That's luck. So yes. I love IRL dating. There's just not that much of it, especially now that we're wor- working remotely. So I, I lean on online dating, not because I'm not aware of its flaws, but because it is the game in town. The same way if you're unemployed, you're going to go on LinkedIn. You could say, I should just meet, I should just have an organic connection with, a, with an employer in my area. And maybe you don't. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, I, I'm, I, could, I could tell people how to flirt, but... At the end of the day, you better give about a half hour a day to talking to guys online if you want to have any semblance of a love life. Yes. And I like that, too, because online dating, I met my husband through online dating because online sure. dating allowed me to cast a wider net. You know what I mean? It allowed me to have a wider pool of men to choose from, to date, to kind of get to know. And for me, when I was dating online, I'm one of those people where, one, I'll, I'll talk to you online. I don't talk to you online very long because if I feel like I have a connection with you, I want to go ahead and maybe take this offline on the phone and then maybe a few days on the phone that I'm ready to meet you in person because I feel like you have to meet people with, with online dating and you can tell me your strategies that you were, um, give to women that go through your program, some of them, of course. But I felt like with online dating, you don't want to talk to someone online for too long. You want to make sure you make a connection and try to see if you can connect with them 
offline because it's a lot of catfishing and you want to make sure that the person that you see online is the actual person that's going to show up in front of you. So what are some of your thoughts around that? Uh, I think a lot of people arrive at the same conclusion that you did. And I'm not going to say that it's wrong any more than anything I've said. I, I don't like mm -hmm. the words right and wrong. I talk about effective and ineffective. Is it working? Yes. Is it making you happy? If it's working to make you happy, keep doing it. So if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You said two things that I wrote down here on my little post-it note that I wanted to circle back to. One of them is the idea of dating online to broaden your, your dating pool. It's yeah. the opposite of what we did based on what we talked about before. In real life, you sit next to a stranger on a plane and he asks you out. Online, we go narrower. Mm. He is African-American. Mm -hmm. He has a bachelor's degree. He mm -hmm. makes X. We, we actually narrow our search, even though there's more people there than anywhere. Yes. We actually go narrower than we would in real life. So that, that's a big part of my job is to encourage people to widen it despite their impulse to narrow it. Because there's nothing wrong with just looking at guys and being like, nope, 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 nope. I already said 90% of guys are not for you. Yeah. But you can't just narrow it to this lane of the male version of you. Yes. <laughs> so that's one note. Online dating should expand, but it tends to narrow. Other note was about the idea of moving fast. And no, you don't want to be catfished. No, you don't want to spend a month getting to know some guy and fall for him deeply only to discover that he's, uh, you know, uh, not who he says. Agreed. But where people have gone is to an extreme level of speed mm -hmm. under the idea of let's just meet, let's just see if there's chemistry. And what happens when you do that? Swipe, text, meet. And now you're going on a lot of blind dates mm. with strangers. And you start to hate dating because there's yeah. no screening. There's no qualifications. It would be like a CEO interviewing every person who just walks in on the street. As long as they're wearing <laughs> yeah. a suit, you get an interview. And now yeah. you're wasting my time. So I like some middle ground. If it's not obvious, I like middle ground. Right? I did a TED Talk about this once upon a time. Right? It's a made-up idea. You don't have to use it. <laughs> but the theory remains good however you execute it. Make a connection with the guy online. Old school online dating, match, okay, Cupid. It was email, right? Then we'd mm. leave match.com after a few emails and we'd go to Gmail. And then after Gmail, we would schedule a phone call. Now it would be mm. a FaceTime. And this all could take place in like three to five days. It's not a long process, yeah. but at least you've gotten to here. Is he stupid? Is he lazy? Is he a terrible speller? Is he perverted? Is he mm -hmm. negative? Does he ask me questions? Does he have a sense of humor? If you just cut to the date as quickly as possible, you might end on a date with a guy who's, <laughs> who's got some problems. Yeah. So few days of email connection and a phone call, which replaces the, the, the coffee date, that's what I advocate for. So you have fewer bad dates and first dates that feel more like second dates because you put in a little time prior instead of just yeah. rushing through. So that's my 
soft pushback to the quick to just, just jump and see them. I like that you said that really with online dairy, you, they, you narrowing down, you're not necessarily casting a wide net. I like that because you're right. You're able to kind of narrow down who you're looking for <clears throat> and have an opportunity to not narrow down too much, but still be open. Because I felt like that's what I had to be when I was dating. It was like, I remember I used to date a certain type of guy. And then this time around, I said, you know what? I have to be more open in my mindset if I want to meet someone who's actually for me. I can't think that this guy has to be just this one type. And so I so dated, is, I did is that your thing, though, where I got type? burned out, like you said. I dated a lot. And I was like, oh, God, I'm tired of this. Shawnee, is your husband your type? Not, not to throw him under the bus, but is he your type? You know what? He's really not. <laughs> right. That's, Which my, that, I was that's very surprised. Right. It's like, it's like trying food. Uh, oh, I know I'm not going to. That's my God of the sun. I know I'm not going to like that. You haven't eaten it. Oh, I could just look exactly. at it. No, no, I'm not going to like it. And exactly. you'd, you'd be surprised. Again, I was uh, in my mid thirties and I was 34 very specifically. And I wanted to have a family. So what does it make sense to look for? Women 27 to 34. Yeah. That makes sense. My wife yep. is 37. I married her a month before she was 39. We had kids at 41 and 42. That was not the plan. We got in under the wire. Yes. Right? But, but we would have been two ships passing in the night. She wouldn't, wouldn't be looking for a Jewish guy on Match.com. I wouldn't be looking for an older woman. We happened to meet in real life, even though we were both dating online at the same time. That's the point. Online dating works. We don't use it well. Yes. That's exactly what it is. So what, what tips do you give? Because you say you cover flirting, because I know a lot of women struggle with flirting, right? A lot of women struggle with flirting. A lot of women struggle with making the first move where we feel like, if you're very you should, traditional, you, you feel like all oh, the men are supposed to make the first move. They, they are. They are. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to make the first move. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, I don't mean to be old school patriarchal. I just, guys got taught in like second grade. If you like a girl, show her. Yes. The idea that you should have to like go up to a guy at a bar, pinch him on the ass and say, Hey, big boy, buy me a drink. <laughs> it's like, I mean, again, it's, it's intentionally <laughs> absurd, but it is absurd. Right? <laughs> so you want to meet a guy at a bar? See a cute guy at the bar, park yourself about seven feet away from him, order a drink, turn, smile, hold eye contact. There, there's your flirting lesson. Yes. Because now you didn't hit on him, but you invited him to approach you and you still have the power. You invited yes. him to approach you because guys don't want to be creeps. We don't want to get rejected. It's really horrifying. So if you give us the signals that if we approach you, we're not going to get a drink in our face, that encourages them to approach. If you go there with a bunch of girlfriends and you're all on your cell phones, don't be surprised that nobody approaches you. That's true. Because you is haven't true. given anybody any signals. That's true. But I got you know one what? flirting tip. What's the go? I want to hear. What's the tip? Well, you asked about it. So that's the only reason I'm, I'm saying. I like that. Because you know what? A lot of women do go out in, you know, with other women and crowds of women and wonder why. You're right. Wonder why they're possibly not meeting anyone. Because like you say, your attention is probably more so when your girlfriends are there. And maybe that's your intentions were just to go out with your girlfriends. But sure. Should a woman who is single look for every opportunity to be, you know, to maybe flirt or to find someone, even if she's with a group of friends, should she always have an opportunity, look for an opportunity to see someone and make that eye contact? 
Once again, I don't like the word should. Okay. Because it implies judgment if you're not doing it. That's true. But if you want to find a partner and you don't put out any signs that you want to find a partner, can't be too surprised that you don't find a partner. So flirting for people who are flirts is like breathing. It's Mm -hmm. not a thing that you like, I'm going to try to do this. It's who you are. Yes. I flirt with with old men. I flirt with dogs. I flirt (laughs) with babies. So we really need to to get into the definition of flirting. Flirting is warm. Flirting is friendly. Flirting is confident. And above all, flirting is assuming that the answer is yes. I know that Mm. sounds a little weird. So I'll say it with a little bit more clarity. Assuming the answer is yes, from our purposes, is assuming that every guy who talks to you is attracted to you, wants to sleep with you, wants to date you, wants to marry you. And it doesn't have to be true. Yeah. But if you assume that every guy is interested in you, you're going to show up really differently than if you assume they're not. Yeah. That's, that's confidence. And now we could be our best self, our most authentic self, our most comfortable self. And if you see people who are good flirts, that is what they have going for them. It never occurs to them that someone's not going to like them. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I want to talk about a topic, a conversation that a lot of people I haven't, you know, talking about, which is um, toxic femininity, of course, masculinity, leading with your femininity side or leading with your masculinity side. And do you have women in the program that come in and lead with that masculine side of them? Because if they're top executives in their um, careers or in their um, businesses or whatever, and they have to take on more of a masculine role, because as women, we feel like we have to jump into our masculinity when we are in those leadership roles. And we can't leave from that femininity side of us, right? Do you have to help them bring out that more feminine side of themselves to say, hey, you have to pull back on maybe this way? Or do you just let them leave with who they are? <clears throat> that's a, that's a, a super uh, thoughtful question. Uh, I think the answer, which is not to sound wishy-washy, is both and. Um, I don't believe that people could change their personalities. Yeah. Right? If you are predominantly masculine energy woman, we're not going to turn you into this, the, the, the cookie baking first grade teacher. Yeah. Like that, if that's not who you are, I'm not going to attempt to do that or patronize you to suggest that you need to change to catch a man. No, no, no. So there's a sending down and an awareness of the excesses of masculine, which again, by the way, men have to do that. For me to be a better husband, I have to take away some of my masculine and be a better mm. listener and be mm-hmm. more supportive and be more sensitive. So this is, some, this is a, a project for everybody, not just women, right? You can't be in a relationship if you're the boss of everybody, you're criticizing everybody. No one wants that, yeah. right? Even though people need leadership, you can't be the alpha anything. And women who are married to guys like that suffer the consequences too, do they not? Yeah. Like, oh, I want an alpha. Okay, well, your alpha is working 100 hours a week. Your alpha has another woman on the side. Your alpha doesn't mm-hmm. ask you about your day, doesn't want to hear your feelings. Congratulations. Yeah. So people who are in their masculine need to, to be aware of it. And you don't have to lose what makes you you, but you have to maybe 
tone it down a little bit. But the main thing is choosing different partners, choosing complementary partners. So yeah. I always liked alpha females. I chose a partner who was more easygoing and supportive historically than the women I dated. Yes. Right? So I always tell women, you don't have to change your personality to find a partner. You might have to change your choice of men. Not because I say so, because the way it's been going isn't working. You get two type A people and there's a lot of ego and a lot of ambition and a lot of opinions and no one backs down. It's a lot of friction for the yeah. next 40 years, don't you think? Yeah, it is. So, so that's why I say it's a both and. Yes, you could tap into your femininity a little bit. Yeah. But if that's not who you are, find a guy who loves a woman who's like, I already booked our vacation. Here, here's the hotel <laughs> we're going to. I already researched the place we're going to dinner. Like, if you want to be in control, find a guy who's fine. Says, honey, fine. I just want to be with you. There's plenty of yes. guys like that. Well, I'm not attracted to those guys. Well, that's a different question. But you can't have two people sitting in the driver's seat trying to drive the car. That's true. You know, I like the fact that you said that, you know, we can't change people's personality. And, you know, you find someone who matches that. Because I feel like a lot of time when I listen to certain conversations on social media, of course, and I feel like women are always trying to alter themselves to fit what they believe a man wants. And it's been this whole debate around traditional and non-traditional women. But I always feel like women are always compromising, always trying to change themselves. And I have to be, I got into a conversation about um, abstinent, right? And a lot of people, a lot of women that I talk to are like, well, I want to be absent because I want to be ready for the man that's going to come to me. And I said to them, just playing devil's advocate. And I said to them, like, you know, men don't take those type of routes. They don't, you know, abstain from certain things just because they feel like that will help them get a relationship. I say, so why do we as women feel like we always have to change ourselves or alter our behaviors or patterns just to seem more attractive to the opposite sex. And a lot of them just felt like, oh, well, this is more of a personal journey. And I'm like, well, if it's a personal journey, then great, but you're personally doing it because you're trying to attract someone. And I like the fact that you mentioned that it's okay, you know, basically it's okay for us to be ourselves. We just have to find someone who is attracted to who we are. We're right. compromised. Relationships all about compromise. My marriage is all about compromising, right? It's all about compromising. But I just feel like a conversation around women always feel like they have to change themselves to attract men. It's just, it's just a lot to me. And I feel I, like men don't I, have to do it. I think, um, listen, when you traffic in stereotypes, they could burn you because someone's going to use that against you when you traffic in stereotypes. At the same time, stereotypes exist for a reason. It's not like someone in a lab cooking them up. We could mm -hmm. say men X and women Y, and it's not applied to all men, all women. We understand that intellectually. So let's deal with the stereotypes for a second. We talked about how men don't seek help. Yeah. Right. The guy won't ask for directions. It's a, it's a stereotype. Right. So there's good and bad things that come with both of these stereotypes. Men in general, and I do think there's a biological component to it. I don't fully understand it are more confident, irrationally confident. My son's got irrational confidence. He thinks he could do anything, right? We have to, we have to teach him humility, right? But I think boys have irrational confidence. 
which is why you see like loser guys hitting on hot women. Yeah. Irrational confidence. And they would be better served to look in the mirror and say, what am I doing wrong here? How can I improve? Right. Instead of being like, you know, women don't know a good thing when they see it and need another job or something. You know what I mean? So like those guys probably would do better in life. Right. If they looked in the mirror, took responsibility and said, what am I doing wrong? What am I selling that women aren't buying? Mm -hmm. Women actually need to do the reverse. Right. Because women, for whatever reason, are more insecure, whether it's fostered by society or not, un unreasonable beauty standards, whatever your reasoning is. Yeah. If women are always doubting themselves, we talked about it, the breakup. What did I do wrong? And he's like, she's crazy. That same idea. If she's always beating herself up, at a certain point, you got to stop beating yourself up. So I want women to be a little stronger and have a greater sense of self and purpose. And I need men to have a little more humility and self-awareness that women have. So I yeah. think if women took some of that irrational guy confidence and <laughs> men took some of that female self-awareness, yeah. we would have better people overall. Yeah. I think so too. I think you're so right. And it's just, it's just that, like I said, women always feel like we have to alter ourselves, but you're right. It's we just walk with more confidence of being confident who we are and authentically ourselves and knowing that people will accept you for who you are. And I think that's one of the things I discovered dating before I met my husband was that I don't have to prove myself to people. You know, it's either you accept me for who I am or you don't. And it's okay if I'm not everyone's type because I don't right. need to be. And I was right. okay with it. And I think that's kind of what helped me find my husband and why we was able to be married because I was just like, I wasn't trying to be um, a pick me to every man that I dated. Right. And so you, you just stepped in something really, really important. Women always think men are shallow and they're all about looks. And men often think women are obsessed with status and money. Mm -hmm. And we can make an argument that those things have a basis in truth. Yeah. Right? Like that's not made up out of nowhere. But what do people really want underneath the looks and the money? Confidence. Yes. Everybody responds to confidence. And that's the hard part is if you don't have it, it's hard to fake it. Right? So if you act yeah. from a place of confidence, I assume everybody likes me. And again, I, I did this when I was dating. Look at me. I'm not a supermodel. <laughs> It never occurred to me that someone was going to be like, oh, this guy sucks. This guy has nothing to say. He's not interesting. He's not nice. He's not funny. I can never walk into a room and be the best looking guy, but I could try to be the best at other things. And mm -hmm. I always assumed that that would work. And for the most part, it did. And so I can't be an anomaly. There's got to be lots of people who do some form of that, who recognize their limitations and make the best of what they got. And they're comfortable in their own skin. And when we meet those people, they're like magnets. Yes, they are. There's nothing like a confident person. And you know, tell us about, tell us more. Where can we get the book from? Is it available on Amazon? Like, where can we get it from? Uh, I, I have many books. Um, oh. So I, I wouldn't even offer to sell you any of my books. Because <laughs> they were written, you know, 10 plus years ago. I, so I have four books. Uh, I got a podcast. I got a sub stack. I got a blah, 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 blah. I'm Googleable is what I'm saying. So yes. if you want to find me, you would go to evanmarkatz.com. I actually made a gift for your listeners. Um, oh, great. Uh, evanmarkatz.com. 
uh, forward slash take note. Yes. Um, uh, so they can get a free gift, seven massive mistakes you're making in dating um, and get on my mailing list. Follow me on Instagram, uh, Real11MarkCats. Um, and if you are serious about making a big change in your love life, not changing yourself, but changing the way you date and choose men, um, you could apply to join me at uh, my course, Love You, for smart, strong, successful women who have everything but the guy. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to have everything down in the show notes so they can get in contact with you. And I'm going to refer a lot of my friends to you who I know are having a hard time dating. Let me ask you, before we bring the show to an end, what do you, what do you see? Where do you think dating is going? What do you see for the future of dating? Because, you know, AI is here, right? And will AI play a part in the dating world? Possibly in a way that I couldn't foresee any more than um, we could foresee dating apps in 1985. Yeah, um, that's Who true. knows what AI has the capacity to do in terms of how it's going to revolutionize our world. Uh, I would suspect, and again, this might be my bias uh, as, a, as a guy who's been coaching for 20 years, married for 15, I suspect it'll make things worse. Uh, I suspect anything that takes people away from true connection can yeah. only be a problem. And that true connection is the only thing that's going to save our, our country. Right. Right. Yeah. Just seeing the humanity in other people is the only thing that's going to save our country. And that's a, that's on a larger scale on a small scale. It's always about just two people connecting and finding what they have in common. Anything that gets in the way of that seems to be a problem, but I don't get to control that. You don't get to control that. All we can do is figure out how to make the best of it. So a big yeah. portion of my advice is based on the fact that I remember the world before the internet and dating apps. And yeah. I say, how do we use these tools, but not lose sight of what actually connects us, which is how, why I said, slow down a little bit to screen men bef before meeting them instead of swiping right, texting, meeting total strangers, because you don't want to waste time and, and you want to see if there's chemistry. The cost of going on too many dates is that you're going to get burnt out really, really fast if yeah. you don't do any screening. Yeah, I like that. I'm definitely going to tell some friends about that to just kind of slow it down and take it a little bit slower and not have to jump out because a lot of them have been dating a lot and they have been burnt out. And that's why I think I hear so many horror stories because women are just like over it now. They're real. And I, again, I would never try to talk someone out of those feelings. I'd probably just leave your, you and your listeners with one metaphor. It may, you may or may not identify with it, but the central metaphor of my Love You course is that women are the CEOs and men are the interns applying for a job. Yeah. And so we don't judge the intern strictly on his resume or how he looks in a suit. Does he come in early? Does he stay late? Yeah. How much, now that he got the job, is he still working as hard during the three month period that you're trying him out? Yeah. We're really paying attention to effort and intention and capacity, right? And that's, if we judge men in dating that way, a lot of those lazy text once a week, hey, you want to come over guys? Gone. Yes. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm glad we did this show because I got to have you back on the podcast because I mean, like I said, my the my listeners are women, you know, 75% of them are women. And I know how hard it is to date and how being able to have some type of guidance and being able to have someone like you that's been in the game for a long time and have this great program. It's so helpful, you know, because I know a lot of women who really want to find true love. They want to find their husbands and they having such a hard time doing it. 
And I think a lot of them just don't see that maybe some of the things that they're doing is kind of getting in their own way. And then someone like you comes along and just open them up to a whole new perspective on dating, I think is refreshing. So I'm excited. I'm so glad you came on the show, Evan. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. You did a, you did an amazing job uh, today and, and, and asked thoughtful, personal questions. So you're really good at what you do. Ah, I appreciate that. Yeah, because like I said, I've had so many discussions with women around dating and it is good to have someone like you on the show. And I'm gonna make sure I send this out to everybody so they can hear it because this is something they need to they need to listen to. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. Listen, this is the Girl Take No Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Girl Techno Podcast. We really hope this episode gets you one step further in your dream of becoming an entrepreneur. If you like this episode, please leave us a review. Once you leave us a review, we will shout you out on our next episode. Now, in order to qualify for the shout out, all you have to do is leave a review, screenshot the review, tag Girl Techno Podcast in your stories, and you will get a shout out in our next episode. Until then, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time.